0: He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.
1: I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. Uh, with Matt Doyle and, and founding member Robin Campbell from UB40. And uh, Matt, of course, the lead singer. And uh, and Robin, thrilled to have both of these guys. And their new song, Champion, is absolutely terrific. Uh, it just, I, I, I love it. It's the first single from their upcoming 2023 album entitled UB45. Thrilled to have both of you guys. Matt, Robin, how are you? Very
2: well. Good, man. Thanks for having us. Uh, Matt,
1: hey, Matt, let me start with you. Um, it, you've got to be excited. You're getting uh, accolades and you're getting rave reviews from, uh, from uh, this song. Uh, it, give us the genesis of, of the new material. When did you start writing the new material and when did Champion come forth?
2: Well, um, yeah, Champ- Champion came about um, by us being asked by uh, the Commonwealth Games um, to, to write a song uh for for an album called um on record which is part of the birmingham twenty twenty two festival which goes in in conjunction with the games and uh yeah so we we kind of started writing this song with uh, an eye towards the games you know um we wanted to kind of make it quite uplifting and and, and um yeah just really kind of positive and then they got in touch and said they really loved it and they wanted to use it as the official album which we were just thrilled about then Robin, uh, uh, the yeah.
1: hey, uh, Robin let me turn to you
2: the of the upcoming album UB45 Yeah
1: hey Robin let me turn to you you've been you've been at this a long time and you've seen all kinds of folks come and go and uh, you've got to be very excited about putting out new material and it's something I wish more of your contemporaries did uh, because so many people just kind of rest on their on their laurels. Uh, it, you know, if, if this is if champion is any indication of what we're going to hear on UB 45, I think people have to be excited. Uh, how how do you see this as a, as a new process? Um, how much different uh, have things been now uh, since way back when?
3: Well, we we kind of keep doing the same thing. You know, we've been a hard-working recording and touring band for over 40 years now. That's what we do. It's a cyclical thing. We get, we make a record and we take it out around the world and then we come back and make another record, you know? That's what we love doing. And uh, that hasn't changed in all the time. I mean, technically things change, you know, and musically things might change slightly, but pretty much we're doing now what we were doing 40 years ago. We, we don't like, as you say, resting on our laurels just playing... Uh, you know, our hits, of course we do play those. Of course we play the songs that people want to hear, people expect to hear, you know. Um, but also, we like making new material. We like playing new stuff to our fans and, and getting their reaction, getting their feel of approval. You know, we we don't want to ever become a cabaret act that only ever plays uh, our, old, our old material, you know.
1: Robin, let me stay with you just for another second here. Are, are you finding... You know, you mentioned forty years. Are you finding uh, a lot of your fans or your new fans have parents? Or, I, I hate to say it. Forty years old, or even grandparents that were fans before. Are you? Are you even coming to? Into... Go ahead. <laughs> what were you going to say?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I was saying even grandparents. Yeah, we, we do get um, as many as three generations of, of the same family turning up at our shows, and that's that's great. That's uh, that you know the old the older people have indoctrinated their kids into loving our music, but also we get we get young fans turning up you know because they've heard us on social media. Uh, the way you hear new music now can be so different, you know. And um, yeah, we're constantly amazed by how many young people turn up at our shows and know the material too.
1: Hey Matt, let me turn to you uh, do you do you have anything else you want to point out on this album that uh, that stands out to you? Do you have favorites on them or, or are they like kids where you you know you kind of love them all the same uh, <laughs> you know point out something beyond champion
2: <laughs> well um yeah i mean it's the album's going to be uh, a mix you know kind of half and half of some of the, the guy you know, some of the, the the hits, the classics and also some some new material as well. So yeah, it's 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 really exciting. You know, I'm I've been singing these songs my whole life and, and now that I'm actually gonna you know, get to actually record these songs with the guys that wrote them and originally recorded them, like it's just mind blowing and then getting to write, you know, um getting to write more songs for the album. And yeah, it's a bit of a dream come true, to be honest.
1: Uh, and Matt, let me, uh, let me ask you about, uh, uh, your, uh, initiation into, into the band. And if you can give us a little history on that, how long has it been? And, uh, and, and what's the story behind you coming in?
2: So I joined the band, uh, in July last year, uh, 2021. And, uh, that was following, um, Duncan retiring from the band. Um, he unfortunately suffered a stroke, and um, after after working hard for quite a long time to, um, to get back at it and to you know to start um, singing again with the band, he decided that it was it was probably better that he, he stepped down and, and focused on his health. So um, the guys knew me beforehand from uh, my my old band Kyoko, who they'd they'd taken out on their uh, to support them on their 40th anniversary tour. So yeah, the, we we all knew each other already. The guys, the guys knew me. They they knew my voice. And um, yeah, Robin thought that I would be a good fit. So um, when Duncan stepped down, um, the guys, you know, Robin called me up and and said, "Do you want the job?" And of, of course, I said, "Yeah, of course." <laughs> Can't say no to that.
1: Uh well, listen you you're filling beautifully uh and and all of our thoughts are, are, and prayers are, are with Duncan and his health uh you know top priority of course uh robin uh l- let me uh, let me end with you uh you fill us in on anything else that we should know uh, you're going to be touring with some some great folks and playing with um, uh, some wonderfully talented people and, and some recognizable names. Uh, if you want to touch on any of them, please do. And before you go, make sure we have all your social media sites and, and your websites. Congrats on, on Champion. It's absolutely terrific, and uh, we look forward to uh, UB 45. But uh, give us anything we should know.
3: Well, the, uh, the upcoming tour in the States... Um, we've got an incredible lineup. I think it's uh, it's a lineup that any reggae fan would want to come and see. So yeah, we've got big country, obviously uh, the American band that we don't personally. I don't think we've ever met them before, but I'm looking forward to to seeing them guys. But uh, there's Maxi Priest e- and and um, yeah, Big Mountain, in the American band. Yeah, but we've got Maxi Priest and we've got the yeah. Whalers as well. You know, so. We've worked with them before. We've recorded with Maxi, and I just think it's a great lineup. I'm I'm looking forward to it, and uh, yeah, we're going to have the whole lineup throughout the states. Whether they'll be at every show, I'm not sure, but uh, I think the vast majority of them there will be the full lineup of all four acts.
1: Well, uh, Robin, congratulations to you and the others on uh, on on forty years. I mean, just uh, of of great music. And Matt, congratulations on you. Uh, uh, to you, champion is just uh, unbelievable, and I can't wait to hear the rest of UB forty five. Matt, uh, Robin, thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Thank
2: you
3: if anybody wants to check up on what we're doing or where we're going. Uh, Look on social media, UB40 Official, on our website, ub40global.com, and you can find out where we're touring over the next 18 months. It'll be non-stop because obviously we're celebrating 45 years and we've now got a a young lead singer and we can't wait to get out there and let (laughs) everybody hear it.
1: Oh, it's a great fit Matt congrats again and Robin thanks for being here
3: Thanks,
1: thank you well you be 40 I'm a reggae fan I'm a big-time reggae fan uh, they're playing with some um, original whalers right from Bob Molly's uh, band and uh, some different folks Al Anderson maxi priest big mountain I don't know if he said big country but big mountain is who he's playing with and champion is their the latest uh, it's the first single from the upcoming 2023 album entitled ub45 and uh, Robin Campbell has been with the band uh, you know he and Duncan uh, founding members Duncan had the um, had the stroke as we know and uh, and you know as lead singer needed uh, needed to to be replaced, replaced is a hard word, but I mean, he, obviously, uh, for health reasons, he couldn't go touring and and even recording. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm sure UB40 fans, um, uh, you know, miss his presence, but uh, he's there, and his health is obviously most important. Matt Doyle is is a young, uh, uh, you know, young addition, blood, uh, young blood, new blood to uh, to come into UB40, and you know from what i've seen of him uh, a lot of energy voice is terrific and he's been singing these songs like he's been singing these songs his whole life and uh, you know you know their music from red red wine huge song and uh, can't help falling in love with you the the remake of uh, the elvis presley classic uh, he had a huge hit with them and they did their reggae version uh, of that their latest is champion it's a uh, new single from their upcoming 2023 album entitled UB 45 Frank McKay signing off Matt Doyle new singer and and the founding member uh Robin Campbell has been our very special guest Frank McKay signing off we'll see you all next time on breaking it down
0: he's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIR-FM Hampton Bays.
1: I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with a wonderful actor. And you've recently got to really see his range. If you haven't seen him as Lex Luthor, you're missing out. Check him out on uh, the CW's uh, Supergirl and uh, it, its streaming and he is terrific, and uh, I'll tell you what, if I didn't tell you it was him and you were watching, I, you could see some of the most gripping acting, I, and I'm, I kid you not, absolutely terrific Lex Luthor. John Cryer, you know him from Two and a Half Men, of course, and Pretty in Pink and so many other things over the years. Pretty in Pink, as, as a kid, he was terrific, but uh, I guess Two and a Half Men it dwarfs everything because it's been on so long, and it's one of the great sitcoms of all time. Big reasons, John Cryer, Frank McKay, here with John Cryer. John, how are you? I am well. How are you? I, I'm doing terrific. And listen, congratulations. I know it was kind of an out-of-the-box thought originally, but now I, I can almost not know anybody else other than you as Lex Luthor. It's really, you've done terrific with oh, this role.
4: That's so nice of you to say, Frank. I, I You know, I uh, when it was announced uh, my uh, that, uh, that I was going to be playing the character, it briefly trended. And usually... That's not a good thing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Usually, uh, to me, that means that there's a bit of controversy going on, and there was because I could see I can see why people would be uh, uh, uncertain after you know two and a half men. Like, is this the guy to to play that character that was you know uh, you know uh, the the nemesis to one of the most powerful superheroes ever, you know and. and so and i i i was shocked too when they asked me yeah. i was like what are you talking about <laughs> um but uh, you're they, terrific
1: they, in it i mean you're you are a, absolutely terrific well, thank you so much
4: thank you yeah but they wanted to do something interesting and i i, I like that they first wanted to sort of introduce him as a wolf in sheep's clothing i don't know if you remember from last season but you know he came on and he was ill and yeah. he was looking for his sister to help him and it was. You know, that's why they cast me was really they were they wanted they wanted people to underestimate Lex at first and then be surprised when when uh, uh, when he wasn't who they thought he was. And I thought, okay, that's a great uh, that's a great thing to do. And we had we've had such a great time with this character and the writers really have fun with him. And. Uh, and uh, you know, I really, really look forward to showing up for work every day, which is nice.
1: Yeah. No, oh, you listen. You're not. You're not kidding. And nobody underestimates the the character anymore. Where it's progressed to, and uh, honestly, it, it's, some of the scenes are just absolutely gripping. With with you in. Uh, In the role as Lex Is there anything That you can compare it to In your career Any roles That you say Well this is kind of like this Or is it a complete departure For you uh, From anything That you've ever done
4: It's a complete departure And I It's it's funny Because I have to uh, All my physicality Has to be different As an actor My voice is different Uh, You know I have to basically Stop And stifle Every instinct I have As a comedian uh, uh, and just rethink it through in another way. Um, and it's it's nice because Lex does get to be funny sometimes. Yeah. Um, so it's not completely uh, uh, out of my, my wheelhouse. But it also, uh, the great thing, when you're playing a, a horrible person all day, you feel great at the end of the day because you just got <laughs> it all out. Um, <laughs> it's awesome. You are walking on air for the rest of the day.
1: And you know, no matter how bad you are, you, there's no way you're as bad as this sociopath, that uh, that you're playing. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Well, let me just <laughs> remind folks that uh, just tuning in late, we got him for a couple minutes here, and I'm thrilled. John Cryer, uh, just a wonderful actor. And again, if you want to see his range, uh, Lex Luthor is uh, is the role. You could check him out. And and uh, Crisis Crossover is the uh, the the next episode, and it's uh, it's it's a it's a biggie. It's going to be uh, just terrific. But Super. Great. Uh, on this, uh, the the CW, is uh, is what you have to check out and binge watch everything that that uh, that's been there. Great show, but but really, it's gotten so much better since uh, since John Cryer has been uh, Lex Luthor, and he is absolutely absolutely terrific in it. John, uh, a- anything that's come since you've done Luthor, anything that that's come to you that's uh, that's uh, indicative that they're watching you in this role, or uh, is is there any changes in you as an actor, and are you starting to seek other roles that are kind of out of the box?
4: Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, there the, there have been a couple of things that uh, they've talked to me about that I don't think they would have uh, in other uh, situations. I, I there was a there was a play that they had talked to me about being a producer on years ago. Uh, and then suddenly they came back to me saying, "Hey, you want to be in it." Yeah, right. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, so, so I have gotten more opportunities, but uh, uh, but I I haven't been looking on purpose. I kind of uh, uh, I the thing is, and as an actor, you don't really you don't get to choose what's coming to you next. You know, it just doesn't it just doesn't happen that way. You kind of have to surf the situations that present yeah. themselves. You have to sort of uh, uh, pick what what bubbles up for you. Uh, and so you can't so i 've never been one who sort of had a plan for his career because you can 't really do that it, it, you know it, I admire all those actors who talk about how they planned their career and da, 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 you know God bless them what good good for them uh, yeah, <laughs> but right. i 've never been able to do that
1: listen when people uh, when when, uh, when people started thinking about uh, uh, Brian Cranston as a uh, as a sociopath, drug dealer, and, and oh my, dr- drug. You know they were saying the same thing, but uh, now you can almost not even uh, remember him and, and Malcolm in the Middle and all the great work that he did, comedic, work. comedic work.
4: Yeah. Oh no, he's amazing co- comedically. I mean, I, he and I did a uh, uh, he and I had to host a, a charity thing. This is before Breaking Bad, and uh, and he comes from improv. So he's just uh, just rat a tat tat amazing material that that is coming up off the top of his head. I mean, he's absolutely a comedy person.
5: Yeah.
4: Uh You know, and and uh, and and but Breaking Bad, you know, changed all of that. Um, he's the, you know, that and and you know, it, you know, you just you, producers have really been trying to look at people in new ways a lot because of that, and I'm I really appreciate that.
1: Well, listen, we appreciate you. I appreciate your talents. And, and I kid you not, just absolutely terrific in uh, in this role as Lex Luthor. And everyone's got to check it out. John, do you have a website or a social media site you could point us to where people can follow along with what you're doing?
4: Uh, I am at Mr. John Cryer on, uh, uh, on Twitter. That's it. No Facebook, no Instagram, none of that stuff. Uh, just just the twitter i like making those pithy comments and then moving on
1: (laughs) well listen congratulations on everything thrilled to have you here hopefully we can get get you back again congratulations and good luck going forward thank
4: you frank have a good one
1: you too john cryer everyone has been our very special guest and i i I kid you not he is is a completely different guy as you can imagine as lex luther and it's it's terrific and i imagine he was shocked when they said, "Hey, you want to play Lex Luthor," and uh, and and they they've used him in different uh, series like The Flash and and some of the different uh, I'm trying to the Arrow and and it, you know kind of offshoots of what he's doing. He's terrific in it. And again, John Cryer, you know him from way back uh, as Ducky and Pretty in Pink, and he was he was just terrific. Uh, the the shows with him, and especially the early shows with him and Charlie Sheen as As brothers and two and a half men were just absolutely great and and you saw his uh, his his greatness as a comedic actor in that show and if you go back and you, and you watch it and I know a lot of people when you know changed and Ashton, Ashton Kutcher got there, you know people stopped watching or certain people started watching, watch, obviously other people watched and it got good good ratings, but I kind of uh, you know uh, stopped at that point because I was so used to the uh, the early episodes, but uh, really, he's he's just a terrific actor. And when you uh, when you get an opportunity to to check him out, binge watch Supergirl, even if you just watch him do Lex Luthor, you're going to be shocked. And just forget it's John Cryer. Just try to get get caught up in what's going on. And if you could, you know, if there's any way to play it for someone and and not tell them who it is, you you might not be able to tell who it is. He he looks so different and. And obviously acts so different and he's right there's a couple of scenes uh, you know the segments in there where where he's funny Lex Luthor obviously he's he's got a comedic undertone to him uh, in in dark spots and uh, you know throughout the Superman series but I don't know you know like what the, what critics say but I'm telling you uh, John Cryers as Rex R- Luthor is a must-see it's he's he's terrific very very talented guy uh Frank McKay uh signing off. Again, check him out on his on his Twitter. Uh very funny guy, very talented guy. And check him out on Supergirl. It's the CW's Supergirl and the uh the episode uh upcoming's Crisis crossover and uh they're doing a big push uh to promote it and uh, and binge listen and binge watch, I should say uh, to everything that that he's done with this uh this role it's uh it's good and he's good and uh he sounds like a terrific guy and uh you know hope the best for him moving forward with these type of roles it's uh it's fascinating to watch but again john crier you know him from two and a half men alan harper of course and and ducky and pretty in pink and uh so many other roles uh over the years but again um uh, two and a half men dwarf uh, them all because uh, he was in so many over 200 uh, episodes of that and 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 people know him so much from that role by the way I didn't even know that was the same guy from uh from Pretty in Pink when I started watching uh two and a half men he's terrific John Cryer has been our very special guest and again check him out on Supergirl uh the CW's uh, show Supergirl and and uh, Frank McKay signing off we'll see you next time on breaking it down
0: this is breaking it down with your host Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bay I'd like to welcome
1: everyone to breaking it down Frank McKay here so much more importantly with a man who uh, knows more about survival and wilderness and uh, they, they utilize them beautifully during shark week and anything to do with uh, anything to do with uh, survival. And one of the things Dylan McWilliams is, uh, is is known for is teaching survival skills and wilderness skills and primitive living uh, skills all over the country, and so many people take it uh, take it very, very seriously. Uh, their their dream. He and his wife, Cara, Carrie. I'm sorry. Uh, their dream is to build a homestead and bushcraft school, which teaches essential skills needed to to survive in the wild. And they are starting a GoFundMe page, and I urge everyone to to get involved in this. Give to it. I'm going to give, and I'm going to urge everyone else to, because this is such a a, a great cause with the pandemic being what it is, and God knows what we're looking at in the future. God only knows, but uh, Dylan... Mick Williams, how are you
6: I'm doing good How about you
1: I'm doing well, and uh, look I know we got a lot to talk about here but before uh before we get into anything else uh let's talk about this uh the idea of of setting up a home base uh to teach out of you guys have been doing it um, you know, like remotely and you've been doing it in person and all of that. But, uh, this would be a nice, a a nice thing to have a home base for any, for everybody, not just for you and your wife and, and the people who know you, but I think uh, an expansion there, tell us about this and and tell us about the GoFundMe situation.
6: Yeah, no, uh, me and my wife are, uh, up here in the upper peninsula of Michigan, Long Lake Superior, and uh, we're just trying to set up a home base for a survival school and a homestead school where we can. Uh, I can focus on teaching wilderness survival and primitive living classes, and my wife can uh, focus on more of the homestead and teach people how to can and to make soaps and candles and uh, herbal remedies and stuff like that. And that's that's really what we'd like to do. And uh, trying to raise money to get that get that going and. We've bought the land and we've already started on it, but we're running out of money and to, to do it. So we're trying to get get some help to do it.
1: Well, hey, let me ask you something: is as, as far as the people that you teach and that you've taught in the past, what's the what's the biggest uh, setback that most people have uh, in your mind to to them getting uh, to the point where they they could do this on their own and they could they could be taught to live. Uh, in the woods, I mean is it want to is it um is it the idea that uh that people just have to have the desire to get this doing uh or or is it uh in ingrown uh situations that they've learned bad habits that they've learned but in in your mind what's the what's the biggest uh blockage to uh to teaching people uh survival skills
6: i would say it's uh it's the idea that they they think that they can't do it because they can and i've seen it i've seen <clears throat> i've seen uh big military guys that just they think they can do it and they they their their mental state is not at the right spot and they can't do it and they they end up backing out and i uh, think they can't do it and i've seen little girls uh just push right through and and do it all just fine so it's all mental and uh it's once in some of my classes i i take everybody out and everybody has to spend the night out in the woods by themselves without anything and uh once they do that they they and they they make it through the night they they feel like they can do anything and really they can because they've they've pushed themselves to do that and uh that's really what I think it is
1: look shark week has become a uh a a thing it's become like the the super bowl of uh of outdoors uh situations and uh and it's it just it's something that lasts uh longer than a week now and and it's talked about constantly you're a guy who you've been bitten by a shark, attacked by a bear, bitten by a rattlesnake, um, it, all in the uh, span of three years. Uh, it, give us a little rundown of, uh, of what we're expecting uh, to, to see from you and uh, if anything at this point in, in the outdoors, anything That you're dealing with uh, with the elements Uh, does anything surprise you at this point
6: no nothing nothing really surprises me I just figure if I'm out in the woods and I'm out out, outdoors something like this is gonna eventually happen and I just just hope that uh, I can see it coming and and get behind it
1: Uh, so many shock attacks have happened in uh, in recent weeks and months uh, is, and from what I hear, there's a decline of, of sharks, uh, you know, different people, different, um, you know, wildlife experts have, uh, have told me that there's, uh, there's a decline in many species of sharks, yet there's more attacks. Uh, is there a reason for this? Does it have to do with people, uh, I don't know, taking selfies uh, of, of themselves with it or, or getting too close, uh, or is it something else?
6: I I really don't have the answer for you with that. I mean, if it if it if I had to uh, pick something, I would say just <clears throat> people maybe just aren't being as smart out in the water, or uh, just trying to get too close. I don't I don't really know, or just the the sharks are. I mean, sharks don't have good eyesight, so a lot of people they they might look like a, a sea lion on the surfboard or something like that, and that's what the sharks are wanting. Uh,
1: what can you tell us about? Uh, about anything uh, that's coming up in your life and and before you go again uh, you know before you leave us uh, make sure you uh, you give us the GoFundMe information again and we'll be talking about it as we let you go we know people are out there waiting to hear from you and and uh, and before we go let you go we'll get you know your socials and your websites and everything else but give us Give us anything we should be looking forward to in uh, in your life, and anything we could follow you on in the next uh, you know couple of months coming up.
6: Yeah, no, sounds good. And uh, really, you can follow our, our our journey on a on Facebook and Instagram. On uh, on Instagram, it's uh, Northwoods uh, Homestead and Apache Bushcraft. You can follow that one too. And then uh, on Facebook, it's uh, Northwoods Bushcraft. And our our GoFundMe for the the survival school is uh Northwoods Homestead and Bushcraft School. Uh and that's on the the GoFundMe website, but you now I just I really just want in- <clears throat> to encourage everybody that even though you're out in the in the woods and uh something bad or in- anything in life, anything happens that uh is bad or gets you down, just don't don't let it get you down, and get back out there and uh do what you love because I mean that's that's what I did. I mean, after the shark attack, I I wrapped my leg in saran wrap and duct tape and went back out surfing the next day the same spot just to so like get push through that and not let it get me down and same with the bear I mean after that bear attack and it drugged me out of my sleeping bag and by my head and all that and, and that was pretty scary I think that was the, the scariest one but uh, I went back out camping a couple days later in the same area and uh, just wanted to get back on the horse you know and not let it get me down
1: uh, you didn't mention in in that uh, little flurry there uh, the rattlesnake uh, bite. Uh, generally, and I know you know rattlesnakes are less poisonous than say coral snakes or you know cobras or you know things like that. But still, there's a significant yeah. poison there. Uh, how long do you have if you get a a rattlesnake bite uh, to get uh, uh, you know a vaccine or to get an antidote? Um, uh, you know if you're uh, if you're anywhere near a hospital to get one.
6: Yeah. So the rattlesnake, I was actually uh, in a canyon in Utah, four miles from the nearest road, and when it when it bit me, a uh, uh, rattlesnake bites. 60% of rattlesnake bites are dry bites. So I decided to to wait it out and to see if uh, if I got a dry bite, and that means that it didn't inject much or any venom at all. And uh, I waited out. I didn't have any symptoms, so I hiked the rest of the way out of the canyon and uh, made it back and. Uh, That night and the next day, I did get pretty sick, though. I I didn't end up going to the hospital, but uh, really, if you ever get bit by a rattlesnake, you want to try to get to the hospital as soon as you can, and uh, you don't want to exert yourself and uh, get your blood pumping, because that will just pump the venom right through you, but uh, just hope that nobody else ever gets bit like that, so... (laughs)
1: Dylan McWilliams thanks for being here and uh, again we'll be talking about the GoFundMe Uh, one last time before you go just the GoFundMe information
6: Uh, it was a Northwood homestead and bushcraft school
1: Dylan thanks for being here
6: Yep, thank you so much
1: Dylan McWilliams everyone a uh, a man from Michigan has been bitten by a, a shark, attacked by a bear, and bitten by a rattlesnake all in three-year time period. And, you know, Shark Week um, folks bring him, out, bring him out and, you know, discuss, uh, you know, or have him discuss all all these uh, types of situations. He's, he's an outdoor uh, guy, to say the least. He's an outdoor guy. Um, he and his wife teach survival skills, and it's, it's a unique thing that they do. And... You know, listen, I'm not a doomsday guy, uh, but it's not going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt you to uh, understand survival skills. But there are many of you, and i got friends that are listening, um, who who live for this type of thing, and they're outdoors people. Uh, I know a family who's listening right now. I mean, I think you're listening right now. And, um, you know, this is a guy that you might want to get some real, you know, Insights from, and regardless of what uh, you know, what you find on your own, uh, Dylan McWilliams and his wife are experts in this field, and uh, you know they've been doing it for so many years. I wish I had more time with him. I would have got into uh, his history and everything else. Just not a lot of time. And the, uh, uh, you know, I'm just reading some numbers here. The odds of all three of those things happening to uh, to one individual is Eight hundred ninety-three thousand three thirty-five to one. Oh, quadrillion to one. Okay, <laughs> quadrillion. I was going to say it's a. Uh, it's, it sounds pretty, you know, pretty amazing. Uh, if it was the other way, but uh, eight uh, eight nine three three five quadrillion to one chances that you would be bitten by a shark, attacked by a bear, and bitten by a rattlesnake in three years. I don't even know if the three years, I imagine in your lifetime, that would be, and very few people live to tell. Frank McKay signing off. Dylan McWilliams has been our very special guest. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down.
0: This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.
1: I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Brian Volk Weiss is our guest once again, and uh, he's terrific, and he's the director behind some great uh, series and and uh, Netflix uh, followers love this man. The toys that made us is something I love. The movies that made us and uh, so much going on. And he uh, he he does this as well as anybody in the world. And right now, his latest is his anthology documentary series called Icons Unearthed. And he focuses on uh, you know some of the uh, some of the monsters, some of the the biggest. Uh, franchises in history. Uh, the uh, the Star Wars deep dive that he's doing now is uh, so highly anticipated and very uh, excited to have him with us. Uh, and and again, icons unearthed. Everyone must check this out. Brian Volkweiss, how are you?
5: Uh, I am good. It's very good to be back. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, uh, listen, thrilled to have you. And uh, if you can give us a uh, give us a little taste. Of what you came across in uh, in the Star Wars portion of this, that uh, that was surprising to you. Any uh, any big surprises to you personally?
5: I mean, I, I'm the biggest. I'm not the biggest, but I'm I'm uh, I'm a pretty big Star Wars fan, uh, and that's putting it uh, mildly. So in a typical year, uh, you know, because I've been worshiping this movie, you know, since I was three. That's about forty-three years of worship. Um, in a typical year, I would learn between zero, and maybe in a crazy year, I would learn, like, two new um, Making this series, I conservatively learned about 200 new things. I mean, we, like, originally, for example, originally, uh, when, the, when Star Wars was written and Star Wars was filmed, Obi-Wan Kenobi did not die on the Death Star. Uh, You know, in the movie that we saw, you know, he was killed by Darth Vader. And Luke was like, whoa,
0: and then yada, yada, yada.
5: In the original script, and again, the way they filmed the movie, uh, Obi-Wan escaped and got off the Death Star uh, and then went back to, uh, you know, Yavin 4 and, you know, all the stuff that he says in the movie the Force source that we saw, um, he actually was in the command center, and all those scenes, I mean, all those scenes were felt So, it was, you know, we were very lucky uh, we were able to get Marsha Lucas's first on-camera interview ever, and, and she for people who don't know, she's not just George's uh, ex-wife, she was also an editor on the movie, and it was her that had the idea that no, he should die on the Death Star and then just use the Force to talk to Luke, because then it would be more personal for Luke when he blows up the Death Star. So it was stuff like that that we learned that is, you know, that's the kind of stuff that's in our in our show.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, just uh, amazing, uh, uh, Brian. the The idea that you're sitting there with. Uh, with Marshall Lucas, someone who—I I mean, she knows—you know where the bodies are buried, so to speak. She knows where all of these things are. I, what was her anticipation of of how this was going to turn out? Obviously, she's hopeful when the when you're just starting out. Uh, did she ever expect uh, it to be the franchise that it was?
5: No, nobody did. I mean, not not George, not Fox. I mean, nobody, I mean, absolutely nobody. Everybody who worked. The begin, like the entire making of the movie, everybody thought it was a disaster. It was one disaster, everything was a disaster. And a real disaster, you lost the show. Like, a lot of people may think, oh, you know what would have been great? I wish I had been there when they made Star Wars. If we did our show the right way, Uh, people will be like, thank God I was never there when they made Star Wars. It was a grueling, horrible, horrible process. The only moment where people started to be like, huh, maybe this isn't a disaster. The only time that began was when the film was screened for the crew, less than a month before the movie came out and everybody saw it together with the music and the special effects and the you know, sound effects and all that stuff. So that was when people were like, you know what, it's not a disaster. Or, we made a great film. So even then people would say, but nobody's going to watch this. And the reason for that was Fox only premiered the movie on 20, in 20 theaters. So, gigantic country, 3,000 miles by 1,000 miles wide, at that time, uh, you know, there's probably about 270 million Americans, and, yeah, literally opened in 20 theaters. So, nobody thought it would be what it would be, and the proof of that is that Fox put it in 20 theaters. That's not the amount of theaters you put
1: a movie in if you think it's going to succeed just amazing i mean just amazing i and you know i look back and i was 10 years old when star wars came out and we saw it with a bunch of friends but it was already it, it was already popular at the point we saw it so we weren't one of the first 20 theaters to see it on long island um but uh, by the time i i saw it uh, we were anticipating it and i'll tell you half the kids there just thought it was ridiculous robots and you know we're talking about 10 year old kids a bunch of us seeing it uh, but nobody <laughs> could have. Uh, Ten years old. I don't know. Maybe maybe a twenty-year-old could have could have uh, anticipated, but you, I think you're right. Nobody could have anticipated what happened and what's still happening now. I mean, it's just absolutely great. Um, I, look, I, we need a longer period of time to talk about all of this with you. Uh, give us uh, a- anything else that you want to add, and before you leave us, make sure we get your social media sites and your websites and everything else, but we'll be you're all watching Icons on Earth. You do all of this as, as well as anybody out there. Uh, and again, Again, give us anything else you want to leave us with, and, and make sure you leave us with your social media sites. Uh,
5: yeah, uh, Icons on Earth, Star Wars, uh, it's every 10 p- every Tuesday 10pm, uh, and the fourth episode came out yesterday, but Vice, it's on Vice TV, it repeats every, I don't know, they repeat it a lot, which is a good thing. Um, so that's that. Um, my social media is it's my name, Brian Bookweiss, on Instagram. Same thing on Facebook. And um, yeah, uh, I, I hope people watch it. We worked really hard on it to make it, for lack of a better word, good.
1: And listen, I congratulations on all your success. I love your work. Uh, congratulations you. on the all the nominations and awards and everything else. <laughs> Thank you very much for being here.
5: Thank you. Always fun.
1: Brian Volk-Weiss has been our very special guest. And he is the uh, the brains behind uh, a, a toy story, a story near you. Um, beyond the attraction, the toys that made us, the movies that made us. And he's, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a pop culture maven. And he... Uh, does this he does pop culture documentaries as well as anyone else out there icons on earth uh, focuses on some of the biggest movies and TV franchises in history and of course six hour uh, deep look into Star Wars and the Star Wars universe he has exclusive interviews with Marsha Lucas that's uh, George Lucas's uh, former wife and she's an oscar-winning film editor and you know it'd be interesting to see what she pulls out and you know they discuss things you know i wish we had more time um you know her uh, her idea uh, you know where the idea came from uh darth vader to be luke's father as uh, as he touched on and you know listen listen a um A 14-year marriage and eventual divorce from George Lucas and you know look this is on Vice TV and and I don't know much about Vice TV but you know I do know a lot about Brian Volk Weiss that's V-O-L-K and you know he's just real good Emmy nominated and he's got all kinds of other accolades and awards coming to him over the years but this is you know, any Star Wars fans out there, any pop culture fans in general, should check this out. By the way, you don't have to be a Star Wars fan to to appreciate what goes on with a phenomenon. And you know, again, I'm not. You know, look, I'm a Star Wars fan, but I'm not like you know like a lot of people are. And you know, I uh, you know, I, I I would lose in you know any Star Wars trivia. Uh, contest with anybody who really knows what they're what they're talking about, but uh, you can appreciate the impact that it's had. Same thing with Disney. I, you know, I'm I'm not, you know, I, I'm no Disney expert or whatever, but you could appreciate what they have. Marvel, the same thing. But when you talk about brands like like Star Wars, Marvel, uh, Disney, and you talk about all of these type of of entities. It's uh, you know they're they're few and far between obviously and there's the you know I don't know you can't call it a Rushmore because there's, there's more than four of them but uh, Star Wars is in the Star Wars universe is is just tremendous and fascinating and uh, and seemingly ever- everlasting. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. Brian Volk Weiss has been our very special guest, the Emmy-nominated creator behind all kinds of things, but his latest is icons on earth on vice tv frank mckay signing off we'll see you next time on breaking it down
0: this is breaking it down with your host frank mckay on 1071 wlirfm hampton bays